There was something on there. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunday School uh, today. Uh, Sunday, March 28th. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we have uh, a full program here, uh, just of announcements and uh, the Sunday School itself. Thanks for being here. The, today's um, praise music to start off, uh, while we allow people to jump on with us, uh, is dedicated to Ann and Big Larry. Uh, it's going to be My Help, sung by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. So I'll be playing this. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all on this wonderful Palm Sunday. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Ronnie. Morning, Victor. Jackie, how are you? God bless you. The weather indoors is better than it is outside. 
Good morning, Bev. Amen. Your prayers are always welcome. Thank you. Amen. Can't do this on my own. Extra large. Coffee tastes really good this morning, too. for being with us this morning. Okay, uh, that was an excerpt from uh, My Help by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. The song was written by Jackie Goosh Harris. Uh, it is a tribute uh, to Ann and Big Larry, as I was giving the information. Uh, Larry and Ann Anderson, thank you for... Uh, that uh, Arlen, thank you for that uh, this morning. That's a great way to praise the Lord. We appreciate your contributions as always in the on Sunday mornings with uh, praise music. We have a few announcements because, as you know, today is Palm Sunday, which means if it's Palm Sunday, then Good Friday is coming. So there are a couple things to uh, announce in in that vein. But just as a quick reminder to make sure that we are all uh, paying attention to the importance of still. Uh, uh, presenting our tithes and offerings at the church. Uh, we, uh, if you're coming to church today, church is open. Uh, we, the drop box for the tithes and offerings will be in the lobby area as you go in and as you leave, as you depart church. If you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please mail, the, mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we appreciate your continuing to remember those things because we still have to pay utilities and do all the things necessary to run the building. Of course, we are in the building now, and we are in the building uh, for Sunday morning services only. So we just want to keep that in mind and keep that brief. Uh, Pastor Gus's message uh, today will follow Sunday school immediately in the timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship 
Facebook page. Uh, it is Why the Body of Jesus is the name of the message that he is presenting. And that's for those who cannot make it to church. It will be online uh, available for you to see uh, right here uh, on this same station. So keep that in mind after Sunday school. That will be available. And for those of you going to church, you'll hear that message live with, I'm sure, uh, additional comments as they come forth as the Spirit leads Pastor Gus to speak. Um, I also recognize, too, there may be connectivity issues with some of you. I don't know. I saw some people diving in and out as we get on because when it rains, sometimes weird stuff happens with people's Wi-Fi. So bear with us if you have that issue. And if you, if you for whatever reason, it's an ongoing issue, of course, as you always know, this, this will be available uh, later on for a playback uh, online here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. And you can also get additional content by going to our website, akronalliance.org, and you'll be able to see those things as they are presented. Uh, the, um, this Friday, uh, upcoming Friday, was Good Friday, and we as a church have been invited to participate in a one-hour service. That's what I was told. It's one hour only uh, at Cross Point Alliance Church. That's 855 Rothrock Road in Fairlawn, Ohio. We, it starts at 7 o'clock. It's for one hour. It is going to be the same protocol as we have at our church. Uh, I'm uh, masking and social distancing will be the uh, rule of the day. Uh, but nonetheless, we can gather together and uh, enjoy a very nice service uh, at uh, Cross Point uh, for Good Friday. So please keep that in mind. 7 o'clock this coming Friday. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. And it's, I've been assured it's going to only be for one hour. Um, so that will limit the amount of time, and I think that's also a very good thing right now, just to make sure that we're sensitive to everybody as far as where they are right now and how they're feeling about gathering together. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. And that is all I have for announcements. I uh, just want to make sure that uh, you uh, just remain prayerful uh, as we continue to move forward. We're actually just ending the last Sunday. Uh, this is the last Sunday of the first quarter of the year. And before you know it, it's going to be April, and we'll be moving into another phase of spring. So 7 p.m. I don't know what I said. What did I say? 7 a.m.? 7 p.m. Um, it's 7 p.m. on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, not 7 a.m. It is not a sunrise service. <laughs> 7 p.m. Um, I don't know. I don't always hear what I hear myself speaking, so uh, thank you for asking the question because I, I very well could have said 7 a.m., but I don't know. Um, 7 p.m. Um, please uh, remain prayerful uh, for our church as well, too, and uh, we will uh, look forward to just gathering together as we can, uh, as time allows us, whether it's online or uh, here, uh, online here or at the church. We appreciate your being here with us this morning. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started with Sunday School. Uh, good material, good information, um, and what we'll do is as we go into God's Word and look at His Word, we're going to pray for his guidance and pray for information that is going to be beneficial to us because we are going to be encountering a lot of what we're going to be reading about uh, and looking at here today uh, in the passage in Second Timothy. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we're going to go ahead and get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you set aside for us for Sunday school. We thank you for the ability to present Sunday school as we have each week. We just give you praise for this technology, and we give you the thanks for 
the ability for our members, um, a good number of our members, to get together with us. And even those who are not members of our church, we thank you for them too, Lord. We thank you for those who are curious to sit before you and hear your word being presented. We ask that you just quiet our hearts right now, quiet our souls, quiet our, our very beings where we can just hear you speak to us. And Lord, I just thank you for that, for, the, for the, the fact that you just give us peace, that you give us what we need to be able to function day by day and moment by moment. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your teaching. And Lord, we just uh, thank you because you love us more than we could ever even imagine. And Lord, we want to love you in just an inkling of the way you love us. We just want to continue to love you. Help us to remain obedient to your word. We give you praise and thanks, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to finish up in chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, verses 14 through 26. And we will be looking at, again, more of a study uh, that Paul is presenting uh, when he's writing to Timothy about the foundations of Christian service. It's about being a servant for Jesus Christ. And we also are going to look at the focus here on how it is that we can be people who are approved by God because of how we live, how we uh, recognize who he is, and how we, in fact, instruct and give instruction to others. And so this passage is going to cover those things. And it's like when you read this section here, it, lo- it looks like a conversation that a person would have with another person, but it's just in writing. And, and I think that it, it, it's going to be taken quite well when you look at the kind words and also the words of uh, caution that Paul gives to Timothy, who is essentially being... Uh, uh, left in, in leadership at the church, and, and he's just being given some pointers and some guidelines. So let's read through the passage, as we always do. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which is a very readable translation, uh, especially one-on-one online like this. Please follow along in your own version, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Starting in verse 14, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Verse 15, work as hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Verse 19, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. 
If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Verse 23, again I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Okay, that's the passage uh, we read from the New Living Translation, Second Timothy verses, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Uh, this is a very interesting passage, and a lot of the heavy content, of course, is going to be in the first few verses of this. So let's go back over it and take a look and get uh, caught up for those of you who have not been with us uh, for the entire uh, study in Second Timothy. This is our third week doing it, and this will help to get you up to speed with what uh, Paul was trying to do in his communication with Timothy. And as a reminder, this is when he has been, again been imprisoned. This is after his second imprisonment uh, that we're aware of in Scripture, that he uh, had spent some time with Timothy before this and was providing advice uh, to uh, Timothy uh, in the midst of his uh, incarceration. So let's look at verse 14 again. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk and it only leads to more godless behavior. Now, Paul was urging Timothy to remind the believers in his church who had a propensity to get into conflicts with other individuals because of arguments over things that probably weren't all that important. And that just gives me a flashback when I hear something like that because, unfortunately, a lot of people have gotten into discussions uh, that have nothing to do with following Jesus Christ. It, they argue over things that really don't mean anything in the end, in the, at, at the end of the day. Uh, and that's the problem with that is, is that there's nothing wrong with engaging in conversation uh, with individuals about what God's word has to say. But when it starts to detract from the real reason for you going to church, or the real reason why you're going to worship and praise the Lord, that's a problem. <clears throat> that's a big problem. And the reason why is that these discussions that they were having in that church uh, were leading to fighting, uh, foolish discussions, arguments over confusing things, useless things, even harmful things. Uh, that's not good. That's not good in the body of Christ. It's not good under any circumstance. Uh, it shows that uh, it, it, it's not, in many ways people feel themselves to be more important than what God's word is saying when they try to maintain arguments about things that are meaningless. Um, false teachers have always been present in the body of Christ 
uh, within the body. Uh, those are not really members of the body of Christ, but they have been taking place within the body. And it causes strife. It causes divisions. It causes quibbling over unimportant details. There's a reminder of this when we go back. Take a look real quick at First Timothy. Hold your finger in Second Timothy. Go back to First Timothy chapter 6. Let's look at verses 3 through 5. So this is a theme that has been continuing as uh, Paul has been speaking to Timothy about these issues. It's a problem in his church. And let me just go ahead and look at, again, what uh, Paul was warning about. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Now, this version that I'm reading from is the English Standard Version. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. It's in their imagination. Everything that they're doing is contrary to what God would have them to do, is contrary to his will, is contrary to the spirit of what people should be doing when it comes to communicating about the word of God. And so that's what this, you see the motivations. He's actually revealing to you the motivations of those individuals who are constantly striving to create dissension within a church. So we have to, first of all, make sure as we learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ and his word that we are prepared, honestly, to be able to refute or rebut anyone uh, who comes across in such a way with knowledge that is, in fact, uh, not knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ at all. We have to know what God's word is. In other words, if, we, if we're doing our homework, if we're learning what God's word is, then we're going to run into fewer and fewer issues where we're having to deal with situations where uh, people are, are spouting untruths about the word. And we need to make sure that we deal with those issues right away. Uh, and part of your being approved by God is going to be how much you know his word, how much you understand his word, how much you are internalizing his word, how much you are following his word, and making sure that people who are, honestly, you just don't want to deal with people who are constantly fighting. That's, it's not healthy. It's just not a healthy thing for you. So as we say this, we still want to make sure that we're, we're doing what's necessary to please God in our actions. We are not going to get in a fight with someone because they want to get into a fight. We're going to essentially say, here's the truth as I understand it, and this is what God's word says. And, you know, we can have a discussion about it, but ultimately it's going to come down to your uh, reevaluating re or reviewing what the Lord says here. And then you walk away. Uh, honestly, you, you move forward. You want to be approved by God. Um, I appreciate your comments, uh, Jackie. It is very stressful. That's the whole point. But that's, that is unfortunately the motivation of some who do these things. They, they want to be stressful. They want to cause dissension. You have to understand not everyone has very good intentions who do, do things like this. I'm not going to do a broad brush. I don't think that's appropriate. There are some who are misled and believe that they feel it's important to do so by 
uh, just causing controversy, but there are some who are agents of Satan um, because Satan wants dissension in a church and Satan wants to cause stress. God's word is anything but stressful. If it causes any kind of stress, it's because uh, you are guilty of something uh, and God is now giving you something to pay attention to. But yet he does so with loving admonishment. He doesn't do so in a way that should be causing you uh, stress on the on the other side. But go back to verse verse 15. This is the important part of this passage that I want to make sure we're emphasizing here. Verses 15 and 16. But 15 first, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. That's back in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 15. Be a good worker and one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. That's the side you want to be on. You want to be in a place where you're explaining the words of truth. God is going to be examining us. He's looking at us all the time. Does God not know who we are? Amen? Does God not know our hearts already? Is he not familiar with us, and does he not know uh, who you are as an individual? If you're seeking after the Lord, and if you're reading his word and studying his word, um, this is something that we can build upon, and because his word is good for us. His word has a benefit in our lives. It helps us to make good decisions. It helps us to do an even better job of dealing with those gray areas of right and wrong that we try to put in place. He helps us with all of those things, and that's what we need to keep in mind here. Uh, We don't want to ignore what God's word is. We want to live for him. We want to serve him. It's a very important thing for us to be consistent in our study, diligent in our study, and make sure that we're putting God's word first. It's a vital Uh, area of our life it is his communication to us prayer is our communication to him but we need to make sure that we are uh, paying attention to his word we don't want to neglect his word which will be neglecting his true purpose in our lives god speaks to us about our purpose have you considered that he he will speak to you specifically about where you are right now and tell you that's the place where you need to be and when it's time to move somewhere else you're ready to hear him speak to you. And that's the important thing here. If you're consistently in his word and fulfilling the practice of prayer and meditation on his word, he's going to speak to you in ways that uh, you can't even imagine. And it's going to be a wonderful thing. But that's exactly what you want. You want him to speak to you. Verse 16, back to Second Timothy 2. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Now, This is a very short verse, but it's very important for us to see that this was an issue that was plaguing Timothy's church. Worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Because the more you're talking about the things that are not of God, things that are more important to you, guess what? You have a greater propensity to be sinful, have more sinful behaviors. Um, When you are bickering over things that have no uh, foundation in the in the Christian faith, things that just only provoke one's anger, one's hurt feelings. Uh, it doesn't do anything for the kingdom. That's where we have to always look at what we are taking a stand on. There are certain times where people in the body of Christ need to agree to disagree, and that's uh, often the case where we have to agree to disagree. But ultimately what it comes down to is that even if you agree to disagree, 
I think it's your responsibility to speak to a person and say, look, God's word is very clear in very specific areas. And that's where the focus needs to be. And you don't need to be really spending a lot of time in something that is not going to truly edify the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we really have to remember that we're, we're saying to people if we ever get into these kinds of conversations with them. There's nothing wrong with learning. There's nothing wrong with discussing things, as I mentioned before. But there is an issue where it takes people away from the focus on Jesus Christ. False doctrine can be introduced in these moments where things like this are taking place. Uh, things that are unhelpful, things that are trivial, things that are meaningless. Don't let anything keep you from your work for and service to God. Don't let anything stop you from that. That's really what it comes down to. And again, you don't need to be a, a Bible scholar, but you should be well-read in the Word if it's a consistent behavior that you have so that you don't even let those meaningless arguments prevail. And I, yes, Jackie, we will, we will let's do that now. We're going to pray uh, about uh, your godson. Um, okay. Let's do this right now, everybody. We're going to stop and take a moment to pray for Jackie's godson, stage four cancer. Uh, let's pray for them right now. Lord, we just give a lift up to you, Jackie's godson. We pray for, pray for him right now, Lord, that you provide for him an overshadowing of your very presence, that you just touch him and just give him the ongoing reminder, Lord, that you are with him, that you are going to be with him. And Lord, if it is in your will to heal him right now, Lord, I pray that you do that very thing. And I pray that that will be a testimony on your behalf. But Lord, even in the event that that doesn't take place, you are still Lord. And I pray that he and others around him just recognize that you were with him and are with him right now at this time. Lord, we just give you thanks for who you are and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, thank you for that, and we will stop and pray whenever we need to. Uh, we appreciate your sharing that, Jackie. Thank you. Okay, so that was actually a good stopping point, and we can move now on to back to verse 17, 2 Timothy chapter 2. No worries, no worries on that. We, that's what we're here for. This is Sunday school. We do what we can. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, back to verse 17. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred in this way. They have turned some people away from the faith. Now, this is Hymenaeus was mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, which he was a, a real problem, uh, apparently, back then. And essentially, Paul had turned Hymenaeus over to Satan because his false teaching concerning the resurrection was destroying some people's faith. He was already teaching that the resurrection um, of everyone else had taken place, and it was just evil. So um, not just Jesus' resurrection, but everybody. So it was a real problem in the church, and and I don't know how he could pull something like that out other than just Satan was the one who was giving him words uh, to be uh, uh, difficult. So he's dismissing this teaching. Because if you're turning people away from the faith, that is a big problem. 
you need to be very, very careful about what you say and how you say things. It's a big problem if you're actually getting people to turn away from the faith. Those people will be dealt with very, very harshly in the kingdom. And honestly, I wouldn't want to be standing before God with that responsibility. That wouldn't be something that would be very good. So the false teachers were denying the resurrection of the body. They believed that when a person became a Christian, he or she was spiritually reborn, and that was the only resurrection there would ever be. Um, That's what the problem was at the time. So to them, resurrection was not symbolic and ritual, uh, spiritual. It was, uh, it was not a physical resurrection. Paul clearly taught, however, that believers would be resurrected after they die. And their bodies, will, as well as their souls, will live eternally with Christ. Uh, one example of that I want to share in 1 Thessalonians. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But you see how that conversation can really mess with someone if it's not taught properly because the problem we also have, too, this is a very early in the church. And so we, we only are going by information recently presented uh, by Jesus and, and in, in these different letters is also being communicated through uh, the different uh, uh, disciples. But let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4.15. And this is the teaching and this has to do about the Lord's return as well, too. Verse 15 in 1 Thessalonians 4, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That's a resurrection. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And we also know, too, that our bodies are going to be changed in an instant and we're going to be totally different. That in itself is a resurrection because we're talking about a change of bodies that are fleshly and perishable to those that are imperishable. So all of these things need to be taken into account, and we need to make sure that we're emphasizing and just give praise to the Lord Jesus Christ for this message and this information. All the more reason, as we are now in the midst of Holy Week, we are reminded of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, and that uh, by this time next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating Easter Sunday uh, and celebrating, in fact, that he is a risen Lord. He's a risen Lord who conquered death on our behalf. Amen and amen. That is exactly what we need to understand here about all of this. And these false teachings were uh, really hurting the church at the time. And and who knows what people are teaching now. You know, of course, people go as far as just saying that Jesus was a prophet, but he didn't have any uh, powers beyond just being a man uh, and has nothing to do with being a, a holy God. So uh, those teachings are still prevalent. They're still happening. But we need to understand that God has indeed conquered death for all of us. Amen and amen. And, of course, Palm Sunday is the reminder of how God was, uh, it was uh, prophesied in Zechariah 9.9 that he would ride in as a king on a donkey, on a, uh, a colt, uh, and he would be praised and worshipped at that time. And that's exactly what happened. That was, a, that was a fulfillment of prophecy. So we need to keep all of these things in mind about who Jesus Christ truly is 
and why we need to really be focused on what his word is and the important aspects of the gospel as we share with other people. We don't want to try to shape the doctrines of Scripture to match our opinions. Wow, yeah, that's a very important point. Um, you can have your own opinion, but boy, if your opinion is not lining up with God's Word, then you keep it to yourself and don't share it with other people. And you need to get into the Word and seek the Lord and ask Him to teach you uh, what the truth really is. If you're If you're expressing opinions because you want to feel important or feel like you have special insight into the Lord, that's a dangerous place to be. I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't want to do any of those things in, in teaching. And, and this is why you just go back to the Lord and say, you know, if I mess up, if I say the wrong thing, you acknowledge it. Uh, you, I don't edit out uh, in, in the context of these messages or these things here, mistakes. If I make a mistake, I own up to it. Uh, and, you, and, you, and you show that because you need to humble yourself before the Lord, frankly, when you're, when you're teaching and teaching his word. You just humble yourself and speak truth. Where it needs to be spoken. Okay. Um, false teachers. That is again the theme here again in this particular passage. About how they still spout lies. They distort the truth. They dilute the truth. Um, some delete it. Saying it doesn't apply anymore. And why am I giving all of this emphasis on false teaching? Because a lot of our churches practice false teaching. And unfortunately those churches are not following the Lord. And I am not about to get into a name game as to who those people are. You need to have discernment as to who you're following and who you're listening to. You need to have discernment as to who is speaking. Uh, and ultimately, that's going to come down to your reading the word and studying the word. And, and pray that God, in my lovely bride ads, and pray that God shows you exactly what is being uh, said, and whether it's truth or whether it's false. It's either true or it's not true. Uh, there is no gray area when it comes to scripture it's either true or it's not true we're not going to play this game well maybe in some situations this applies and blah 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 no it's very consistent the word has always been very consistent many people have come across saying that they have special knowledge that um they just don't believe in the power of god when it comes to communicating his word for whatever reason we've got these thirty thousand different denominations we've got all these different versions of bibles that are out there and some of the Bible versions are very good, and some of them are not very good. And we need to make sure that we're seeking out truth when it comes to that, too. There are some things that just don't deserve our time, don't deserve our effort, and we need to be conscious of those things. When we follow God's truth, we, live, we will live in God's way, plain and simple. Let's get over to verse 20 and 21, because this is something that's also pretty important to look at. Uh, he, Paul is giving an analogy that is very... <clears throat> excuse me, very timely, very interesting, because it's important as to how we are living as a workman approved by God. So look at this example. Back to verse 20, 2 Timothy chapter 2. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Now notice that that is exactly what a lot of people have done over the years you bring out for a, a, a dinner, a really fancy dinner in your household, the, the good stuff, the, the gold and silver utensils that just gleam when you look at them. And, of course, for everyday use, you know those forks and knives and spoons that you have, that uh, they're, they're scratched or they have finishes. Those are the ones you use all the time. Um, and that's, there's a distinct difference that he is giving here when Paul is talking about this. 
So look at verse 21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now, why are we even using the analogy of a utensil? What does a utensil do? It serves whoever is using it for the purpose of what? Accomplishing something. You are being used. God, you are being used by uh, God is the one who is being served as he uses you for his glory and his purpose. You are his utensil. He wants you to be a bright and shining example uh, before others as he uses you for his glory and purpose. You're not to settle for less than God's highest and his best. He wants you. He values you. No matter how you feel about yourself, God values you greatly because you're here for a reason and a purpose to serve him. And he wants you to be that perfect example of a gold or silver utensil that is only carrying out special uh, matters on his behalf and that you glean before others, that you shine before others. You want to allow him to use you as an instrument of his will. And how do you do this? You stay close to him. You keep yourself pure so that sin and its consequences don't get in the way of what God could do in your life. That's the whole point of this. You have to stay free from sin. Avoid sin. Do those things that are going to honor him. And that's things that you do, not just publicly, but in secret, everybody. Uh, There are things that you need to be doing in secret to make sure that you are still honoring God, no matter where you're going or what you're doing. It's better to, you know, stay close to him and be ready to be used by him at a moment's notice if you're called upon. Are you actively seeking the Lord every day and allowing the Spirit to speak to you? That's what needs to take place. And so we have to understand that for you to be used by him, he wants you to be clean. He wants you to be ready. He wants you to be prepared to move forward and step up when he, he calls upon you. He will call upon you at any moment. When you're out in public, when you're in a store, at a restaurant, when you're talking to people, he will call on you at any moment to speak, and you get the, the urge to speak truths about him in some way, shape, or form or communication about him. You show your love and care for other people. That's the greatest way for you to show the love of God. <clears throat> so keep those things in mind as you're talking to people. That's exactly what he wants to do with you. Now let's drop down to verse 22 because this is a follow-up from verses 20 and 21 because these are, there are things here in this next passage that we have all struggled with and perhaps we struggle with them now. But now we need to give these things a focus. Verse 22, 2 Timothy 2. <clears throat> Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So what is this passage saying? Run away or go away from those things that are keeping you in a state of sinfulness. Seek after those and be in the fellowship of those who are like-minded in the faith and can be prayerful for you in your own life, in your own situations. And you need to understand that sometimes you have to get out of those areas of temptation that are causing you to stumble. And this is what I mean about those things in secret, everybody. You know, we, we have our public life 
that we show people in church sometimes where people see us when we're out in public and we have a private life where nobody sees anything but you and but god sees it uh that's right god sees it so if you want to really be used by god you need to understand that you're not a coward by just running you are actually doing what the lord is telling you to do when it comes to those things that can cause you to stumble um Remove yourself from a place or a situation physically that stimulates your desire to sin. Knowing when to run is important in a spiritual battle as knowing when and how to fight. Let's go back again to 1 Timothy real quick. There is a passage to take a look at here. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. And interestingly, this is in the section uh, in 1 Timothy that talks about fighting the good fight of faith. There are things worth fighting for, and your faith is one of them. You need to fight for that and fight for your very livelihood sometimes when it comes to how Satan uh, will oppose you. Uh, you need to be very, very conscious of that. And uh, that's what this passage is reminding us of here in 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness and gentleness gentleness excuse me no and just gentleness then verse 12 says fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called about and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses so people know you're a believer in the lord jesus christ you confessed it then you need to live that way and you need to stay focused on what it means to live in the faith so that's exactly what this passage is referring to about verse 22 there are times you have to put in the full armor of God, which we have mentioned before a couple of weeks, <laughs> a couple of three weeks now in a row. We have to put on that full armor of God. And there are times we need to run away from those things that cause us to, uh, to stumble. We need to very be very conscious of those things, but in doing so, be steadfast. Pursue righteousness. Go after what is good. Go after what is pure. Go after what is righteous. Um, if you feel the need to be distracted, if there's temptation taking place, I found that a good diversion of getting into the Word and, and hearing somebody speak about um, the Lord Jesus Christ is a great way to address that very issue and be prayerful as you're doing those things. Uh, God has an amazing way of helping you get, if you seek after Him, He'll get you away from that temptation. Uh, but you have to do this. What? You have to go after Him. You have to go after those things that are pure and righteous. This is a good reminder for us and a good practice for us. Amen. That's what we need to be doing. Sometimes just sit on the porch on that praise song or anything. Hey, yeah, amen. It focuses you on his praise. Sometimes singing a praise song, a song, focuses on you on him, and that gets you out of that area where you're going to get yourself in trouble. Um, uh, my bride made a great uh, reminder of those things here. These are little pointers uh, that we can all look at. I'm a big believer in... Uh, looking at uh, meditating on God's word and just focusing on those things. And that is also going to be a way to just take you out of that area of temptation. Just just say it, tell yourself, stop, help me, Lord, and, and put my focus on those things uh, that are uh, having to do with you. Okay, verses 23 through 26. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. And that's a reminder because... It's an emphasis here. Whenever we see reminders like this in the passage, in different passages we're reading, if we're seeing something mentioned more than once, 
Again, I say don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments and only start fights. This is given for emphasis. It's a reminder to stay the course when it comes to dealing with individuals who want to always try to cause conflict. And honestly, the more people try to cause conflict, the more that it hurts the congregation, those people have to be dealt with. We need to make sure that we're avoiding those types of arguments within our congregations and people who that we're dealing with. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but we must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Amen. Be patient with difficult people. Um, uh, how patient are you? <laughs> I was like, amen. Uh, be patient with difficult people because... The reality is, is that people will sometimes be difficult, and they don't always know that they're being difficult. Sometimes they do, but even if you know that they're being difficult or being provocative for a reason, uh, those of us in leadership are called to be patient and still speak the truth. Pardon me? I understand. I'm just I'm making a point. All of us in leadership are called to be patient, but all of us uh, must be patient as well, too. Um, that it's not just for leadership. Leadership are usually the ones that have to deal with difficult people, but we also have to deal with difficult people in our own lives, amen, and people in our own homes. There are people that we, we have in our lives that uh, just thrive in difficulty. <laughs> um, I, using the word drama comes to mind, but they, we need to understand that we have to remain patient. Look at what it says in, in, in verse 25 here in, in, in 2 Timothy 2. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Why? Because perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. That's why we always want to give them instruction. Give them instruction. Give them guidance. Point them in the direction of what the word is saying. Have them go back and look over what they've been talking about and see if it stands or if it falls. Um, and again, verse 26, they'll come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. See where it is? It's the devil's trap. That's where we always need to come back and look at this. When we see this opposition, it's merely the devil causing strife and turmoil and wrestling and, and wrestling with a person who professes belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and getting them off track, getting them off focus. So it says, then they will come to their senses in verse 26 and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. See, Paul is telling it like it is. When we deal with this type of conflict, we need to understand that there are people who are going to be confused by the truth, confused about the truth, and that Satan causes dissension in churches. He wants to see people stumble. He wants to see people fall. And sometimes people are, are un perhaps even unwilling participants. They don't realize that they're being used by Satan. They need to understand that what they're saying uh, there is an accountability factor by speaking certain things, and they need to be very careful about that. You need to instruct them before it's too late. Tell them that what they're doing is wrong, is not following God, is not following what his word says. And just do so with gentleness and, and do so in such a way where you're praying for that person too. When that conversation ends, you're lifting that person up in prayer and saying, Lord, help this person to see the truth. Help them to see what's, what they're doing is not helpful in the body of Christ. That's what needs to happen. Good teaching never promotes quarrels or foolish arguments. Uh, that's what we need to understand here. Any church you go to, I don't care where it is, the teaching must be sound. The teaching must be 
above reproach. There has to be consistent good teaching in every place that you go when it comes to God's word. If you're in a church where they're not teaching the word, if they're just going back and forth over one verse and there's not a whole lot of instruction behind it and a whole lot of hooping and hollering, that's not your church. I'm sorry. It is not going to get it done because even during a sermon, there is teaching taking place. There is not just about the pastor. It's not just about the, the congregation. It's about Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that true teaching has to take place in a church. And if it's not taking place in a church, you need to get out of that church and not go with that church. Um, whether you're teaching Sunday school, or leading a Bible study, or preaching in church, Listen to people's questions and treat them respectfully. This is something that uh, if you're leading a Bible study, you want to make sure that you're listening to people. Uh, because there's in, many, in the vast majority of cases, there's just a lack of understanding. They want uh, to understand what it is they're reading. You're avoiding foolish debates. You're, getting, uh, you're helping people with Bible verses that are easy to read and understand, and they can do comparisons with one uh, Bible passage to another version in a different Bible. It promotes greater understanding. It promotes greater teaching. That's what we always want to have in a church, no matter what's going on in the world today. The teaching must remain sound. And if you do these things, if you continue to uh, proclaim the truth and speak the truth, um, you're going to hopefully convince others who are having trouble with this stuff and who want to uh, get into controversy that they will turn their minds and hearts around, that God will deal with them in a gentle manner, and that they'll come back around and say, you know what, Lord, uh, thank you for showing me the truth. Because that's what we all ultimately want. We want the Lord to show us the truth no matter what's going on. That's what we want to always dwell upon. We always want to look at God's truth in our lives. And so Paul's giving this instruction to Timothy just to stay steadfast, remain steadfast, excuse me, using proper English, remain steadfast in the truth, making sure that indeed he is standing on the word of God and not getting into fights or quarrels, giving direction to people, and truly being a workman approved by God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for how you teach us and give us instruction on how you want us to truly live for you. Not just live for you, but live in such a way where you truly are uh, we are showing our reflection of you in our lives. We are showing what it is to follow Christ. We are showing what it is to truly be faithful. We are showing what it is to live a life of truth. And Lord, we don't want to compromise any of that. We don't want to do anything that would hurt you or harm you. Because Lord, we know that you're the one who is teaching. You have the desire for every person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, no matter where they're coming from or what they're doing. You have told us this in your word, and we are reminded of it, and we are mindful of it. We want to be used by you as those utensils that we read about, those gold and silver, those shiny utensils that proclaim the truth before you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to be used by you. We can't thank you enough for that. We know that you indeed are Lord and Savior. And Lord, you have called us to a purpose to live for you. We thank you for all these truths. Bless us, O Lord, and keep us, help us along day by day as we learn to do more for you and live in your faith, in faith, as to who we are before you. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks for being here for Sunday School. Um, for those of you who are heading down to Akron, we'll see you there. Uh, remember to wear your masks, your face coverings uh, upon entry into the building. We are practicing social distancing. Uh, we thank you for being here today. Pastor Gus's message, um, Why the Body of Jesus Will Follow, here on this timeline. If you are not going to church today, you can hear that message uh, immediately. Just look, scroll the timeline. You'll see Pastor Gus's message as well, too. God bless you all. Thank you for being here again. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. God bless you.